Better. Gayer. Stronger. This is the Queer Archive, a queer and feminist Doctor Who podcast. I'm Brenna. I'm Caitlin. And this week we're talking about... uh, We're talking about robots of Sherwood. Do we have to? I guess we have to. (laughs) All right, let's pull to open this mess. This episode is boring the end. JK. (laughs) But it is a filler episode. It is. It's not even a fun filler episode. There are some fun filler episodes out there. Yeah, they exist for sure. But not this one. <laughs> also, especially because it's right before listen, yeah. which makes it feel worse, but also, fuck yeah, listen. There's like a good run because it's listen and time heist, and then we speak not its name, and Mummy on the Orient Express and Flatline. So it's just, it's it's rough going on it's this one. It's a real bummer of an episode. It is. But the good news is that Robin's a cutie patootie, so congrats on that. Is that it? That's all we got? Don't you love the doctor shirt? I do love the doctor shirt, actually. It's better than the magician getup. I can't wait until we actually get to the velvet coat and the sweet-ass plaid pants, because that's what I'm looking forward to once he starts really that mixing it up. solid look. It's his peak look, I think. Yeah. He did go through more experiments than most doctors with his wardrobe. I feel like it's more realistic, though, because his outfit changes almost every episode versus the other doctors are literally wearing the exact same thing. It's a costume. All the time. Like, don't you wash that? I know it's the only one of each of those outfits you have. This is Doctor Who. Don't overthink that. I keep going to, though. He's the doctor that changes the most, so that's going to be my canon to make sense of it. (laughs) Bless. You're trying to reason with it. Anything that gets us to the velvet coat and plaid pants. The velvet coat, CS2, actually. Respect, hashtag respect my journey. Also, PSA, the TARDIS has extensions. Yeah. Did she just wander into the TARDIS costuming department and she was like, give me full tracks. I need multiple. It needs to go down to the middle of my back. It's a lot. One random moment that I enjoyed, the doctor giving like a subtle middle finger gesture as he's saying (laughs) hi to Robin for the first time. Although, to be fair, that's not actually the gesture in Britain. It's not, but this is how much I care about authorial intent. (laughs) Okay, okay. (laughs) It still brings me joy whether or not they intended that to be a subtle middle finger. One of the things about this episode is that so much of it is so bad that it's really impressive to me. There's so much bad acting. Except for, I think Robin is good. I think Clara and 12 are good. But everybody else is pretty bad. Uh, I don't even know what to say about it. Because it's supposed to be a fairy tale. So I guess you could make a case that the villain is supposed to be, like, preposterously over the top because it's a fairy tale. But he's not even he's not even fun over the top like Hydroflexes in the Husbands of River Song. I think he's just nope. bad. He's flat. Yep. Which Robin is, Hood is playing over the top successfully. Yeah, he's doing but a the great villain job. Is, You're boring. And his whole storyline, it was just a truly forgettable villain storyline. Yeah, even when we were watching it, we were like, what what's the motivation here? What does he want? Why are they on this planet? They explain it two seconds later. I'm like, why, why is he you? here? I this don't. Is, 
what? This is boring. Yeah, we eat. just watched this episode, and I literally don't remember there the storyline. Gold. There is gold. The gold makes the thing. Makes the shit. You know what go. this kind of reminds me of? There's a. Or is this this episode? <laughs> <laughs> There's another episode with I thought Cybermen or something, and like the, the like the hard chip the the. Right. Fuck it. <laughs> no, it was this episode, and it's like we just watched it like oh an God. hour ago. We just watched it. I just glaze over. This whole episode is doing the most. It's extremely oversaturated. Yeah. Like, what did they do to their color profile? I don't know. I'm concerned. I know that it's trying to emphasize the fabricated environment, that it's just like a fairy tale. It's too green. But also calm the fuck down. <laughs> and also, even the set design is bad. When we were watching it, you were like, this looks like a school play. When they enter into the spaceship, <laughs> it looks like cardboard and silver spray paint i'm Aww. sorry man we're really hating on this episode <laughs> there's just been better like doctor who has done so much better and it just feels like a filler episode and you have to have some of those in the series in yeah. the season i mean i guess there's only like 13 episodes do you really have to have it in the season if this is what it takes to have listen i'm okay with it what's a, is there a good a filler episode <laughs> is I there like a good filler episode dinosaurs on a spaceship great example that feels very much a like a filler, filler episode genre yeah but it's super delightful i would say saranga is a filler episode Although, i enjoy saranga when we get there we'll talk about it more yeah well i guess uh i guess the only thing left to do is go speak to the high council of gallifrey and how they need to come pick up your boy gatus <laughs> Before we start talking about this, by the way, if you really, really like him, you should just skip ahead four minutes later because I do not prefer his stuff. Do you prefer his stuff? Hard pass. So I don't think you should anticipate this high council being very favorable towards his work. This is, by the way, a Mark Gatiss episode. Mark Gatiss. Just stick to acting. Yeah, I do enjoy him as an actor. I think he's funny as Mycroft. I like him in the Christmas special. I don't like that Christmas special. Twice Upon a Time or whatever it's called. Twice Upon a Christmas. Twice Upon a... Um. Anyways, I do enjoy him when he acts. And that's usually because he's playing, I think, himself. Yeah. But I like one of his episodes before I start lying. I said it last episode. It's on the permanent record. I like the Jamie Dodgers. The colorful That's Alex. as good as it gets. It really is. He's pretty think, reliable. Yeah. I do think this is one of his better episodes, which is not saying much for me. Yeah. Like, there's parts. There are Enjoyable pieces moments. that I can enjoy. Yeah. And already, that is blowing the other ones out of the water. Oh, man. Like the... What's the one I really hate? Sleep No More? I thought we don't talk about that episode. I think most of the internet doesn't talk about that episode. Even even Gatiss fans don't like that episode. I think a lot of people really enjoy Gatiss because he his episodes remind them of classic Who. Like there's just some beats that he hits that remind them of like the Pertwee years or yeah. whatever. But it's not it's not for me. I respect to a degree because it's 
kind of like him fanboying yeah to the most severe degree and you know if you're a big enough fanboy about something and you got the opportunity to you know run an episode yes or to write an episode then yeah it's going to be full of that kind of fanboy stuff but it could also be good So what about this episode in particular? Do you think Gatiss did it dirty? It's not very memorable, and I attribute that to Gatiss's writing. I think that he's good at writing micro-level dialogue. So, like, there's some pretty funny lines and some good, like, I do really enjoy the, oh, I hate banter. I'm against banter exchange. That whole scene where um, Clara's meeting the Merry Men and the doctor's zipping about and, like, pulling hairs out and taking blood samples. I think that's funny. But as an overall arc i think this episode's just kind of a mess yeah which is how i usually feel about gatus episodes i usually feel like there's a couple of interesting moments but i don't like the episode overall i feel the same way about the ice warriors one in the bill season there's some really interesting exchanges and moments but overall i'm like oh is it not over yet it's not done What's that word that the sheriff says? Gallimaufry. That is such a gatus ass word. It is a gatus ass word. It's so because it's it means like a random collection of things. So you could just say this mess or this these things, but he said this gallimaufry. And the last time we watched it, I remember I was like, fucking gatus ass, poncy word, ten penny, doing wheelies in your front yard just because I can. That's a very <laughs> gatus move. He's got to slip at least one of those words into every episode he does. Yeah, it's like Moffat having to have a they're always in every Moffat episode there's always a quick back and forth section Mm -hmm. there's like a patter section because Moffat thinks being clever is like the highest good there is so that's how you can tell you're in a Moffat episode because there's somebody being like being clever is the best and in a Gatiss episode it's like look how fucking smart I am and you're like yes congratulations whatever (laughs) write better episodes please all right, I guess that's enough razzing on Gatiss. Yeah, I'm sure we'll have to roast him again later when we get to sleep no more. <sighs> that's the thing, is that this episode generally is not terrible enough to despise it no. and to like, really tear it apart, but it's also just so forgettable that there's not really much to dissect or to just like have a good time on. And I think its successes are largely due to the three principal actors. Yeah. They lucked the fuck out yeah. with the actor who's playing Robin Hood because he makes him even a tiny bit believable or likable. Okay, I think I've um I think I've worked out all my all my Gatiss rage. You know what will help me sort of get over the fact that we had to talk about Gatiss at all? What? Going to the Black Archive and talking about some fun stuff. Let's do it. So here in the Black Archive, where we keep such dangerous, forbidden, and powerful stuff that even the doctor can't get to them. I'm talking about race, sexuality, class, gender, bodies, and all of that good stuff. What in the ever-loving fuck is going on with Clara on this episode? Tell me about it. I, I... Didn't she just, mere episodes ago, claim that she has never drooled over pretty young men? Yes, it she made is, like a big fuss about yeah, it. A huge ass speech to Vastra where she was like demonstrating that she's not as petty. I think there's actually two main problems with how Clara's 
coming off in this episode. The first is, like we were just saying, that it's not in alignment with the character that Clara is being established as in these first two episodes. And it feels like they work really hard to show that Clara is going to be different in season eight Mm -hmm. versus in season seven when she was paired with Eleven. And for reasons unknown and eyebrows non-existent, she had, like, the hots for him. And so even though she had some of the same character qualities where she was, like, brave and clever and pretty bold, it would get sort of washed out in a weird dynamic when they would be flirty, which for me personally, I would get annoyed because he literally just married River at the end of the preceding season. So I don't understand why you would do so much heavy lifting at the beginning of this season to show that Clara is going to be different, only to immediately counteract that in the third episode. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, And secondly, her crush on Robin is being framed as a bad thing here. Yeah. Like specifically the episode itself is trying to paint her as frivolous and vapid, vapid and kind of just punching down on a specific brand of femininity, which is super uncool. Yeah. And it's not like, I mean, the doctor is the one that's doing all that shit, which is in some ways on brand for him, but it's not like the episode issues a corrective at the end to demonstrate that actually the doctor was wrong and how he was being so dismissive of Mm. Clara at the beginning. He very much at best minimalizes at worst disdains the way that she feels about Robin. And that's crummy because at the end, the episode doesn't ultimately demonstrate that the doctor was wrong for behaving that way. The episode just kind of says that he was wrong because Robin Hood existed. Two things. Number one, there's like this weird pseudo feminist baptism of Marion because she becomes <laughs> a, a rebel, a freedom fighter when she's chosen, quote unquote, to go work for the robots. But two, she is still just an object where Robin sort of projects his fantasies of rejoining the landed gentry. Because in this version, Robin's not one, he's not a yeoman like in the original legends, some of the first versions we have of this. It was an oral tradition tale first before we get the first recorded copy of the myth is in like 1100 or something but in some of the earliest versions robin is he's from the yeoman class which is to say a skilled worker so he's not upper class but in this version he is the earl of loxley and he says all property is theft to robin hood yada 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 but he still ultimately desires to become part of the upper class to rejoin the echelon so it's not like it's not like there's actually some sort of radical rethinking of class structure here robin is still even as much as he's like i'm in love with maid marion and i want to be with her he's still thinking about how that's sort of the symbol for him becoming the earl of loxley again and that is bullshit that's like anti-revolutionary yeah this episode is almost saying something interesting that's like neighboring on marxism about labor and the worker and how the worker is no longer useful when they cannot labor anymore but uh you know, it's not actually... doesn't quite get there. No. It just no. teases you with it. It has uses, all the pieces. Yeah, it has some of those words not in that order. <laughs> <laughs> and at the end, the celebration is because he, the sheriff of Nottingham is defeated, but also Robin gets his hot Maid Marian back. So it's like, what the fuck ever? Fuck those poor people. Fuck them kids. Fuck them kids. Fuck that leaf. what about you caitlin what do you think i don't know when i think of this episode the thing that stands out to me the most is the amount 
of toxic masculinity. <sighs> the man-child behavior in this episode, it's just tedious. It is tedious. I'm so bored. Yeah, I'm so uninterested in the first three quarters of this episode, which is basically a pissing contest over Clara's attentions. I just, I don't, I don't care. And like we said, this whole episode is honestly doing the most. Like, that prison cell scene is just so over the top. Again, the amount of scenes that feel out of character for folks. Yeah. So not only does Clara feel pretty out of character for where they're setting up her development to go, but the doctor all of a sudden, like, is behaving like a man-child. Yeah. The -the over-the-top... Squabbling. Squabbling in the prison cell. It just seems he'd be over that. Like, it seems like he would... It seems like exactly the, the kind of shit up with which he would not put. You know what I'm saying? But... Then they try to play off that scene as, like, a victory for Clara because the guards take her because she's the one who's secretly in charge. Well, first of all, no Uh. shit she's the one in charge. But also, did we really have to sit through two minutes of that to get to that punchline, which isn't even that funny? No, this is where I feel like Gatiss, I could see him patting himself on the back for all of this shit. Be like, look at this. I'm going to make these men look so dumb so that I can make Clara look so smart. And this is feminism. Nah, it's just silly. But props to Jenna Coleman, whose face is so amazing when the guard picks her up and they're all they're still squabbling, Robin and 12. And the guard's like, oh, I was told to listen and take the person who's in charge. And then the two of them are fighting. And Jenna Coleman's face when he picks her up is like, bitch, please, you two get it together. That's the only good part of that scene. And I don't mean any of the words that are exchanged. I just mean Jenna Coleman's facial expression as she's taken out of the cell. Fucking over it. Yeah. Okay, um, I think I've had enough of being in the Black Archive for this episode. This segment's usually so fun, but it's just killing me. So I, I guess we should head over to the heart of the TARDIS. All right, let's do it. But first, a word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by The Doctor's Honing Arrows. Tired of shooting your shot and missing? Embarrassed by your poor aim? Try the doctor's patented honing arrows. Equipped with sonic technology, these arrows will guarantee you'll never miss out on winning Sherwood's archery contest again. Don't delay. Shoot your shot today. I feel like this episode seems to be picking up on some of the notes from God Complex because it's talking about how Clara believes in impossible heroes because of the doctor. Although, in fact, Clara is the hero here because the doctor's being a fragile pinhead, but whatever. LOL. <laughs> Wait. God Complex. Mm-hmm. Was that Clara or Amy? Oh, it's Amy Pond. This whole episode, Robots of Sherwood, it should have just been written for Amy and Eleven, to be honest. Maybe... They just had, like, sat on it for, like, three years. 100%. Everything about this, it's all coming together now. Like, the doctor, the way he behaves, this should have been Eleven. Mm. Clara, the way she behaves, that should have been Amy. Or when the doctor's like, since when did you start believing in impossible heroes? And Clara's response just sounds like it was Amy talking. Yeah. Don't you know? Like, that was her story, right? Yeah. It all makes sense now. (laughs) 
Fairy tales, this is the English majory part of the episode. Fairy tales are stories that are a vehicle to transmit morals to children or perpetuate cultural norms. So what's being taught in this fairy tale? So many wonderful, violent, destructive things. Like what? Like Like what, Caitlin? Like what? (laughs) Oh, just like compulsory heteronormativity. Mm, Toxic masculinity. So much toxic masculinity. Saturated. Uh, Just like the color palette. (laughs) (laughs) There has to be a pun in every episode, so thank you for fulfilling our quotas. I did it! Yeah. I never do the puns. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) Uh, What else? Women are basically either, you know, an object of a man's desire, their worth is tied up into their beauty, and some pretty shitty lazy feminism stuff. Big scare quotes. Yeah. It's not feminism, let's say that, but it's also definitely like dude feminism where it's like women have to learn how to manipulate the men in their It's very much the man is the head of the house, but the woman is the next, so she turns the head. Yeah, the idea that women have to basically trick men into allowing them to have control, and that's not feminism. No, it's not. You heard it here first. Robin Hood says something really interesting, but not until, like, the very end of the fucking episode. It's, like, literally the last five minutes. He's talking about becoming legend and how history's a burden, but stories make us fly. That's really beautiful, the idea that becoming story is actually really powerful because stories drive humanity. Mm. This is talked about in Eleven's run in one of his most quotable lines, where all stories in the end. In one sense, he's extremely right. Stories are powerful, but also it's super wrong acting like stories are a separate category from history. Yeah, like that's not actually what history is made of. Like history isn't the stories that are crafted and narrated by empires and colonists that have invaded and victors who have won the wars. So they have the power to say this is history. Yeah, it's objective. If you were my students, this is about the point in class when I would say objectivity is not real. And anybody who tells you it is, is trying to sell you something or trying to get you to believe in their viewpoint. So this binary that this episode is attempting to draw is I would call absolute bullshit flag on the play. But Robin says something else that is not such bullshit, which is that he follows up and says, perhaps we'll both be stories to the doctor. So uh, before we get to our top three favorite moments, if there's even that many for this episode, it's time to send something to a crack in time and space, which is where we send things that we it's not enough to exterminate. It's not enough to delete. We wish they'd never existed at all. So, Caitlin, what are we sending into a crack in time and space this week? Nothing. The shell has spoken! All hail the magic conch. So, why nothing? No, honestly, this episode is pretty mediocre. It is. It's, it's just really hard to conjure up any sort of strong feelings of love or hate. I'm honestly going to pass on this. <laughs> this citizenus. There's just not something in here that I hate enough to send. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Okay, so we're not sending anything to a crack in time and space. But I think we can come up with three favorite moments. Okay. I'm going to say the Dr. Spoon moment. I am the doctor. And this is my spoon. On I like Sheriff Pudding Head punching the robot and hurting himself. Sheriff Pudding Head. (laughs) 
Yeah, when he punched that stupid robot, that was pretty great. Yeah. I laughed. I'm here for it. That's the only thing that I like in that scene. Moving on. You gotta, you know, (laughs) take, take the good with the bad. I would also say the doctor admitting that he cheated in the archery contest at the end of this episode makes me laugh pretty hard. Was it funny? I don't remember. Yes, it's funny. <laughs> it's remember <laughs> she hands him the gold arrow because Robin is injured and he like flubs it, trying to pull it back a couple of times, and then he goes, I can't do this. I cheated. And Clara's face is like, oh. Anyways, uh, I think that's it for this week. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Queer Archive Pod. We want to hear from you, and we want to hear your thoughts and your feels. Maybe not about this episode, but about other Tell ones. Tell us for your sure. feels about this episode. What are we missing? What is the rich? Yeah, don't amazing. Don't send your DMs about this episode to Caitlin only. I won't be reading them. I'm gonna read them. All right. I'm a. It's gonna be. It's not going to exist. Again. No one's going to message us about this and be like, I didn't listen to it because I don't want to talk about this episode. Until next time. Be gay. Do crimes. Don't watch this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tune on your speakers and please be my doctor, whoever. Yeah. Uh-huh.